0: Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at homepage page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. Well, hello, everyone. It's great to be with you again. My name is Jeff, if we haven't had a chance to meet, and I'm one of the uh, leaders here at the church, and I just want to share a couple things with you that I was... I'm thinking about this week. Um, I really appreciated Tiffany last week sharing um, about filling up our hope tank, you know, having hope in Jesus during all of this time. And it really challenged me to think about uh, some of the things um, of my faith. If I could be very honest with you and candid, um, there are many things that this pandemic is sort of exposed in my life, as we've been sheltered in place in our homes, we're restricted from going out and being with other people. Um, it's, it's brought some anxiety, um, some depression, um, and some other things in my life, and I'm sure some of yours as well, and it's exposing some things. It's actually causing me to think about God, um, to think about what this means for my faith, et cetera, and to hear Tiffany talk last week about having hope in Jesus, it just, it just caused me to pause and to consider um, what we might call the, the rudiments um, or the building blocks, the foundational pieces of, of our faith, of my faith. And so this last week in my office, I just grabbed a, a yellow legal pad like this and just started writing down some basics, some things that I, I believe about who God is. And I wrote one thing down and stopped in my tracks. And I'll share it with you. I wrote, God is good. God is good. Isn't it that thing we learn in the first creed we ever memorized, right? You know this creed, say it with me. Uh, God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. We, We learn to say these sort of things about who God is even when we're small children learning to pray and to be thankful for the things of God. But God is great, God is good. And then there's this other one that you oftentimes hear in churches, that God is good, All the time, all the time, God is good. And when I wrote that down, I underlined it and I put a question mark behind it because I began to consider, is that true? Is that true right now in my life, maybe in your life? Is God in fact good? I'm thinking about the story of Renaissance. If you've been coming to Renaissance for a while, have been a part of our family, you know that for the past three plus years, we have labored and toiled to expand our space so that we could make more room for more people to hear about the truth and love of Jesus. Long, a long time ago, we we. Uh, began a capital campaign to raise money. We met with architects and builders, contractors, and finally started the process that we thought would be finished within a year, and it took almost two years to finish the project. And we just got our new space finished, which I'm standing in right now, and we had two Sundays of services two Sundays of services. One of those Sundays was record attendance. So it it appears from all metrics, right, everything that you're measuring, that we had heard the voice of God, that we had obeyed him, that we had made more room for more people, and the people came. God brought all of the people, but within two weeks, we were shut down. We could no longer meet in our room. And I look back at the piece of paper on my desk, and I have God is good written down. Question mark. Is he is it really good? I mean, what was all of this work for? If I could just explain to you the amount of hours that so many of us put in there in those last few months to finish up. I mean, the tireless um, work that we put in, the late nights, oh my goodness, the hours and the hours that we labored into this space, and then to be shut down by some virus. <laughs> God is good. Hmm. Really? I think about my daughter, Riley. Um, if you don't know, I have two wonderful girls, uh, Riley and Reagan. Riley's a senior in high school. This was going to be her graduation. This was going to be a year where we get to celebrate her accomplishments and her achievements as she's labored in these last few years to make honor roll and to make honor society and to do all of these things, to have a huge graduation party to celebrate her achievements and to send her off to college. And all of that has just evaporated <laughs> into thin air. I even told her once, I said if there's any time to ever cash in the fact that you're a pastor's kid, it would be now and invite everyone from the church to your graduation party, right? And we can't even have one right now. God is good. So I'm I'm looking at my experiences and I'm beginning to wonder is, is that in fact true? And so I, I, I know enough to know this, that I can't always look at the circumstances. I can't always look at what's happening around me or in the lives of people close to me either. I have to actually look to scripture and and see what it says about God being good. And so I, I began a little quest. I just kind of looked up in a concordance all the places that God is good is found. And, and, um, and it's, if I could share this with you, it's in there a lot. <laughs> it's in there all over the place that in fact God is good. And I just want to share a few with you you right now. Um, in the Psalms, right? The sort of hymn book of the Old Testament, the, the songs of praise. In Psalm 106, we read this Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. And his steadfast love endures. Forever, flip the page to Psalm 107. It says, "Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good." Skip to Psalm 118. It begins, uh, "Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good." You go into verse or, or Psalm 135, and it says, "Praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord." Verse three, praise the Lord, for He is good. Psalm 130. 6 or 38 it says again uh, yeah 136 verse 1 give thanks to the lord for he is good it is in here all over the place and in fact at one point jesus is um, questioned by a, a rich young ruler the bible tells us in the gospels and and as this young ruler comes to jesus he calls him good teacher and jesus stops him right there and says no no no. Um, there's only one who is good and it is god Jesus, our Lord and Savior, says that in Mark chapter 10, verse 18, that that God is, in fact, good. I go back into the Psalms in Psalm 34, verse 8, and I I read this from David, David the king, who wrote this. He says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And in that Psalm, there seems to be an invitation Taste and see. Come and try it for yourself and see if, in fact, the Lord is good. But oftentimes there are things that people tell us about. There are things that people encourage us to try because it's so good that, it, that once we try it, we'll like it. A fun story the last few weeks my youngest daughter reagan has embarked on a um a restricted kind of diet i don't know why she's doing it she's fun and likes to try new things but she's on this sort of um uh, low carb kind of diet and she decided to make cookies and um she made cookies with no sugar in them and no flour in them and she used some other crazy ingredients that only um people who shop in the organic places of the grocery stores shop And she found rice flour and and um, uh, fake chocolate chips it's a real thing i have no idea but she makes these cookies um and to be honest with you when she baked them they didn't even melt they just stayed in a clump and i was a little nervous but she says dad you really got to taste them you really got to taste and see how good they are and um To be honest, I learned later she was fibbing to me. She lied to me. I put them in my mouth, and I've never spit something out so fast, and she's never laughed at me so hard. She had tricked me. Taste this, Dad. You'll see how good it is. It wasn't good at all. It was terrible. But back to David, he says something about the goodness of God that you should taste and see it, that you should experience it for yourself. And I find this shocking because Psalm 34 has an incredible Backstory, and I'd like to share it with you. It says here at the top of this psalm that this was written by David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. Long story short, let me give you the backstory on what this psalm, um, what da- where David's coming from in this psalm. Back in the Old Testament books of history, in First Samuel, we are first introduced to David. There's a king in Israel, his name is Saul, but he has offended God, and God wants to replace him. And so he sends the prophet Samuel out to find the new king. And he finds this nondescript young ruddy boy, the youngest of his brothers, named David, and and Samuel anoints David to replace Saul. Now, you can imagine Saul is not okay with this. Saul is the king of Israel and wants to remain the king of Israel. So when he hears that God has chosen another, his anger burned against David. At at one point, we learn that Saul, in fact, is trying to kill David. He has sent people out to murder him. David catches wind of this story and flees for his life. And he finds himself um, hiding out in the land of the Philistines. Now, if you don't know who the Philistines are, you need to understand this. This is the greatest enemy, if you will, to Israel. This would be like... David going to hide out um, in the land where Isis is. Just think of your greatest enemy. And David's going to hide out there. And so he goes into the land of the Philistines and he he runs into the king. Now he's hoping no one recognizes him, but some people do. And in fact, they go, isn't this the David who's... Um, Uh, killed Goliath one of our greatest champion warriors and at this point David's like "Uh uh-oh now I'm in trouble what am I gonna do I'm running from the east where Saul is trying to kill me now I'm here in the west and now the Philistines are going to probably take vengeance upon me because of what I've done to Goliath and so David decides to do something strange he begins to fake madness he begins to act like he's insane. He starts scratching at the doors where he was kept. He, he lets the spit in his beard collect until finally the king of the Philistines says, why did you bring me this madman? Get rid of him. I don't want anything to do with him. And David escapes with his life. At some point... At some point, David has this understanding later that it wasn't, in fact, his behavior that saved him, but it was, in fact, God. That God was the one that saved him from his troubles. So at some point later, he writes Psalm 34. And let me go back to that again. And look what he says here in verse one of Psalm 34. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul, verse two, makes it boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. He's telling everyone when you read this, just magnify the Lord with me. Let us all exalt his name together. Remember down in verse eight, he says, I want you to taste and see how good the Lord is. Now this is so striking to me because at some point David had lost the the truth that god was good that see he had somehow forgotten it maybe maybe like you and me are doing right now maybe on the the yellow legal pad of your life you're beginning to question is god good and when we do that there are these there are terrible things that can happen to us if we if we begin to distrust that statement if we no longer believe that god is good some terrible things can happen to us. And one of them is what we saw in David's life. He began to take credit for the things that God had done. That's what we do. If we no longer trust that God is in fact good, we begin to believe all of the things that are happening around us, all of the good things that are taking place around us are because of what we've done. At some point, David has this revelation. I don't know how God awakened him to the, the reality that he is in fact good, but at some point David understands it again. And I think we need to understand it again. I think that's why the Lord led me to write that down on a blank piece of paper that God is good because he's saying, Jeff, do you, do you believe it? And maybe he is asking you that. I shared a couple stories about my life, but if you look into your own, your own, you'll you'll see the same thing. Maybe there's something deep inside of you that's questioning whether or not God is good. And the danger in that is is when good things happen, we'll begin to take credit for what God has done. James, the brother of Jesus, he writes in James chapter one. He's writing to other Christians and. And in uh, verse 16, 17, and 18, he, he starts with this idea um, about all good and perfect gifts come from God. He's simply saying God is good and all good things come from him. But he, he warns his readers. He says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived into believing that's not in fact true. And that's the danger that we can find ourselves in, that we can be deceived to believe that God is not good, and when that happens, then these terrible things can happen. We begin to take credit for what God has done in our lives. We, we begin to stop trusting God in difficult times. Another one is we become pessimistic about the future. I, I can't think of a, a more appropriate topic to discuss right now. We, we don't know what our future looks like right now. <laughs> Most every expert agrees that from this point forward, there will be no more returning to that which was normal before. Now, if you're like me, you're looking forward to that. There are some things from the the previous normal that you really don't want to participate in again. And I won't belabor that point. I've talked about it a lot before. But know this, our future looks different now. And if we don't believe that God is in fact good, then we'll become pessimistic about it. Future isn't this hope-filled thing that we're marching towards, but it's something that we don't want to enter into because we're fearful of it. We don't think it's going to be good. We don't trust that God is going to be there in it because why would he? He isn't good. And I think the, the ultimate thing is if we stop trusting that God is good, if we stop believing that God is good, is we stop asking God for help. At some point, we, we dismiss him as if we don't need him. And, and if I could just be very clear with you, the Lord has been gracious to me to remind me that Jeff, you, you need me now more than ever before. And I think, I think the same would be true for all of you as well. That we do, in fact, need God now more than ever. And we must not be a people who stop praying and asking God to help us. If I could be honest, and, and I don't want to make a political statement here, but so many people that I, I talk to, and I've got a lot of friends who are pastors, and um, so, so many of, of, of them, and maybe myself as, as well, is we're looking for the, the governors of our states or the, the, the president in the White House to fix this for us that we're looking for the government to decide w- when this thing is going to be over, that we're waiting for the government to, to tell us when we can meet again and, and all of that. And I understand the frustrations of not being able to meet in a church. Did you, if, did you not hear me when I said we only were able to meet here two times and got shut down? There, there's not a person you know who wants to meet again more than me, I, I promise you but I have to believe that the Lord is the one who's going to lead us into returning here. That we'll meet again when God wants us to meet again. But some of us have have stopped asking him to help and we're now just looking to the government to help. We're looking to other things to sort of supplant supplant God, take his role and responsibility and now tell us what we can and can't do. I just can't participate in that game. I, I just can't. I have no problem with Christians being political. I have no problems with Christians being a part of a political dialogue or any of those types of things. Not at all. I just never want to be a person who, who tries to replace God with something else. I think Paul talks about this in Romans where they, people look to the created things rather than the creator. And if we're not looking to the creator who is God and who is good to solve all of our problems, to come to our help when we need it, if we're not looking to him, then we're looking at the wrong thing. I, I, I was um, convicted by this um, just last night as I was thinking about this. Jeff, how, how, how hard have you been praying how often have you been asking me to intervene on behalf of your church how 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 many times have you come to me and i was just I was just blown away by that and maybe that would be helpful for some of you maybe you 've already got to this place where you feel like God is not needed in this situation, and I just want to challenge you don 't give up on him don 't forget that he is good, and every good and perfect gift comes from him, and he he wants to to help us through this whole situation in our lives. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna miss this opportunity to see God come to our rescue. I don't want for an instant to think that it's because we're smart enough to figure it out or we finally got the governor to listen to our pleas and allow us to do things. I want us to, to when this thing ends, I want us to look to God and give thanks to him. I want us to be like David who says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth because he's the one who did the good things. Because he's the one who made a way for us. David thought he was being um, smart by faking madness so that he could escape from the king. He realized it was God himself who rescued him. David was just trying to do it on his own accord. David, it appears, had stopped asking God for help some time ago and decided to do it on his own. So the question that I have written down here that we should maybe consider next is this, is how do we keep from forgetting that God is good? How how do we keep that from happening in our lives? Um, I I wrote two things down. Number one, um, (laughs) I don't know how well you like to sing or how much you like to sing, but just sing the song Amazing Grace right i'm not going to sing it for you here right cuz that would be terrible but just think about the lyrics you know who 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 says that i was once a wretch that i was once blind but now i can see and 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 all of that takes takes place because of who god is god in his goodness in his amazing grace has saved that person you can read in Ephesians and maybe this is better for you Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 and it says for by grace we have been saved through faith and this is not our own doing it is the gift of God as James says every good and perfect gift comes from God and God is good it is the gift of God it's not a result of our works it's because God doesn't want us to boast about it If we forget that God is good, we'll take credit for the things that he has done. And if you are having a a tough time remembering that God is good, just remember that our hope for um, salvation and eternal life is not found in our goodness. It is not found in the things that we do. It's not found in the reciting of creeds or the the recitation of verses. It is found in the goodness of God, who by his grace has decided to save us through his son, Jesus Christ. If we're forgetting the goodness of God, we must look first to our own salvation, that God in his great mercy and compassion and love sent Jesus Christ his son to bear the punishment for our own sin on the cross and to die as a sacrifice for us. And when God raised him from the dead, by faith in that alone we are saved. God is good and he rescues his people. God is good and he saves his people. David remembered it, I've come to remember it. Are you remembering it? God is good. I didn't write anything else on that yellow pad and for the last week and a half, I've been chasing this sort of trail, rabbit trail or whatever, and I'm thankful for the Lord. Maybe this week, why don't you write down some things that you're thinking about on a piece of paper. Take a note in your phone and and just consider some of the things, the basic things of your faith and and question whether you still believe them or not. And allow the Lord to take this great pause in our world to, to squeeze out these insecurities, these these struggles in our faith, let him squeeze them out so that they can be exposed and then God can put salve on them and heal them and we can come back to a place of remembering that God is good. I want you to know that I I think of you often. I think about you all the time. I'm trying to call people every week. I'm emailing people. If you haven't reached or heard from me personally, do not take that as a slight against you. There are just so many people. I just can't, get a hold of everyone. But I want you to know that I love you dearly. I'm praying that you are using, that God, in fact, you and God, are using this time together to make your faith stronger. And it, whenever God decides that this thing is over and we are able to meet again, I look forward to hearing the, the stories and the testimonies of how your faith has been changed. I'd like to pray for you right now. Would you, would you pray with me? Bow your heads. Lord, thank you for this truth that you have spoken to us today, that you are, in fact, good. And God, we don't look to our circumstances or the world around us to find that, but we seek the, tri- the riches of scripture and the truth that is contained in there. And this Bible that you have given us, it is replete with stories of your goodness. And so God, even when we forget it, would you use this book, right, these words to strengthen and bolster and encourage our faith to believe that you are good? Father, I have to admit, I don't want to live in a world where you're not good. And so I thank you for exposing that in my life, helping me see the errors in it, and pulling me back. God, you truly are the only one who can save me. You truly are the only one who can save all of us. And we worship you and we praise you and we thank you. And we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. Well, God bless all of you. I look forward to meeting you again in person someday, but until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.